Hello, welcome to another episode of the Legacy Investing Podcast. I'm Nate, and I'm joined as I always am by my good friend, Josh. Hi, mate. Hey, mate. How are you going? Going good. I feel a bit out of practice. It's been a couple of weeks, so... Um, ah, it's good you nailed it. Nailed it, yeah. On a bit of uh, leave, a bit of downtime, so that was nice. So, back into the swing of things here. Yeah, mate. Do a big trip, did you? Uh, yeah, a little bit. We headed down um, down south and got wiped out a little bit by... Um, we were pretty we we're pretty close to each other in Newcastle there, weren't we? So um, we were. We were about twenty k's away from each other at one stage, <laughs> but uh, weather um, wasn't permitting. <laughs> yeah, we we got caught up in that big weather event here in Australia. So um, we actually got a bit. Um, actually, on the way home, we got bailed up going north of Newcastle. The um, the highway was over. Um, oh, right. Yeah, in the left hand lane. So our our huge drive added about another two hours to our drive. So that was fantastic. With uh, yeah, we gotta hate that. No, yeah. when I when I was driving, because I drove from Canberra to Newcastle and um it was like not too bad when I left. It was just Sydney. Like for me, it was like from the extremities of Sydney at the south to the extremities of Sydney at the north, it was just mm. bucketing. And that was like both ways. I left Newcastle on the Monday and it was sunny. And then got to the, you know, like the North Shores, base, uh, North Beaches, basically. And it was bucketing. I couldn't see yeah. a couple of meters ahead of me. Nuts. Well, mate, we, we, part of our trip was to go to the Blue Mountains for a couple of nights. And it yeah. was completely pointless. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it was raining. But a major whiteout, like there was just a big fog cloud sitting on the mountain. You couldn't see anything. And, um, yeah, a bit, of a, waste, a bit of a waste of time. Yeah. But, um, Oh, good. Got some time with the family. Ah, oh, it's amazing, man. Well, update, mate. What do we um before we um I think talk about the topic tonight? We let's do a little bit of an info um update on the news because we are recording tonight on the eighteenth of the seventh, and um there's been a little mm. bit of news in the share market I think since last talked last week the um the latest inflation data came out in the US uh, on the Thursday night, and it was uh rampant it, it was i think a lot of people had sort of forecast that maybe inflation and peaked and we might be heading on the downtrend but um yeah that i think a lot of economists had predicted predicted sort of an 8.8 percent um um increase and it was it was up around 9.1 and um cool. yeah it was a it was a big um increase which has you know obviously suggested that maybe inflation at this point is not um on the downtrend but um the share market didn't seem to really be knocked about too much after that news which was kind of interesting we have a couple of theories about that but uh, yeah, that was last it, week's news it is interesting and um yeah it just seems like it's um it's still carrying on that hangover of the the bull market even though we're you know mm. definitely into the below 20 percent from our highs now so um yeah interesting Interesting. And uh, when do you're all over this all the time? So I'll just ask you: When does uh, the US do their interest rates? I don't know. Oh come on! <laughs> usually, usually you know. Usually, it's uh, it normally comes out. Yeah, not too. Uh, what is it? So we are. I don't know. Okay. There you go. There you go. Although, the, uh, just just on that though, they they do. Um, I think with that inflation data that came out last week. Um, a lot of people are sort of predicting sort of 50 to 75 basis, but I think with that high inflation um, figure, uh, a lot of people are now predicting maybe a hundred basis point increase. And yeah. um, I think part of the reason for maybe the share market not um, 
seeing a really big, ugly red day was that the optimism around, okay, well, the Fed are going to really fight this and maybe they're going to go hard and sort of get, get out, get it, get it through with in some ways. And um, yeah, really, really like nail this inflation and, and get on top of it. And, you know, maybe they cause a recession and we can get through it and get through the other mm. side. So I think maybe there was some optimism around, okay, well, finally they're going to fight this, but yeah. Um, only, only a year too late, but good on them. Yeah. bit bit like, Every country, I think Australia is a bit the same. We're um, behind the eight ball here as well. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know, like, I don't know about you, but I feel like everything happens slower here anyway. Like, you just look in in terms of share market returns, like, you look at the American markets and they pumped up hard. When they drop after their pump ups, they drop hard. And, and we're always just like, you know, not as bad. But then again, long-term gains, not as good. So um, take it as you will. Yeah, I mean, we, we're probably, we, we have a, like, a, if you look at our top 100, it's really heavy with miners and and um, banks and stuff, which is um, often um, probably softened the blow a little bit. It did through the GFC and, and this latest sort of, um, you know, we got a lot of commodities here as well, so. True. Yeah, we were yeah. one of the only countries in the world to not go into um, recession during the GFC. So. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's possibly similar. Um, you know, we're not really tech-driven. We, we didn't sort of have the, you know, those, you know, obviously the big um, fang stocks in America uh, yeah. were a fairly big portion of the um, overall index. So, um, yeah. yeah, mate, you, you, you've um, done some research and you wanted to discuss um, bear market rallies. Yeah, the old dead cat bounce. Um, what is <laughs> I it? Love and, that. I love and, that. Um, some of the historical, I guess, some of the historical rallies, you know, because, you know, I guess right now in the share market, it, it is up um, and feels like we've had a couple of okay weeks here. Mm. And um, certainly a few shares that have been pummeled are certainly bouncing a little bit here. And it's a um, couple of emotions come with that uh you feel like you've missed the boat and you've missed the bottom and um and then you feel like it's just too hard to or too late to get back in or um yeah so it, it's a hard hard thing to deal with um greed and fear man it's, it's running rampant at the moment mm. it's coming quick and fast between the two so but yeah like i thought it was a really good time to talk about this now because like history you know it, that what do they say history doesn't repeat but it rhymes and you know looking at looking at a lot of the historic bear markets there's been some astronomical gains in those bear markets mm. but you know that's that's not saying that's what we're currently going through but you know history has shown that you do have some very very good upsides usually bigger you know bigger short-term periods of gains than what you get in a bull market obviously mm. um you know, as they say, the, the bull goes up the stairs, the bear jumps out the window. Yep. Um, you get some of these really big, really big staircases in short periods of times when it comes to uh, bear markets. So got a little bit of data here and it starts around the 70s and it only comes up to 2008, uh, which was, I guess, our, our last proper, you know, crash, I would say. Yep. Um, but yeah, like there have been periods in especially 2001 and 2008. And we know that they were massive, massive crashes, like plus 50% over, over a number of years. 
Um, but there were five periods during those 50% crashes where the market went up over 20%. I'm like, that's, that's a big gain. Like um, some of those periods, it happened in, in 16 days. Like in 2002, the stock market went up 24% in 16 days. Um, it obviously went on to go much lower than that after that, but that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so that's, um, just say that stat again, you mentioned five times the, like a, a share market has rallied Mm. Um, rallied from a low, yep, and then dropped back down to go lower lows. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, for two thousand, for the we'll we'll just call them what they were: the dot com bubble and the global financial crisis. Yep. Um, during those periods, five times the market went up more than twenty percent. More than twenty. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And if you go back to the seventies, we all know that seventies was was a really flat period, like really flat. Um, but like there were periods where between April and July, I think it was 73, um, the market rallied 7% over three times in those short few months. Mm. Um, and that's an average of 7%. Um, the, the data that I'm looking at now, uh, there's like, uh, 15, 15 to 20 times during the biggest bear markets we've had since the seventies that the market went up over 10% during the bear market. Yeah, well. So I guess you put that into perspective of, of what we're going through now. And I guess everything's exacerbated by the media, um, just the sheer amount of information coming at you and the sheer amount of professionals on both sides calling each other out, saying that they're wrong. You know, they're always wrong one way yeah. or another eventually. Um, so, yeah, it just goes to show, like, we might have those really good green days at the moment, um, but don't get suckered into going, all right, I've hit the bottom. Like, you know, it could be like 2000 where you're about to have a 25% rise and it's like, shit, it's gone 20% up. I need to buy. And, uh, and then you get another 40% drop, you know, because those 50% drops in the market, taking into account these 20% ups, like the consistent 40, 30, 40, 50% drops time after time from their, you know, most recent highs. So well, mate, I'm just looking at the data here, just even from this latest um, uh, slump from this year, from January. And we've had sort of four little rallies here, you, uh, one in January, one in February, and two in May. Mm. And um, the percent changes from the percent change from the low to the high has been uh, the January change was 8, 8.8%. The February change was 12.7%. The early March uh, change was 6%. And the early Oh, the late March was a 9.6%. So yeah, you can get suckered into thinking, um, you know, we're back on the up. And mate, we, we, we mentioned this off air. One of the hardest things to do is try and pick the bottom. And it's just not, yeah. you know, if you can do it, you're a genius. So I think a lot of the experts will also tell you how hard it is. Um, yeah. And like they said, they, they don't pick it. <laughs> no. I think that's really, that's a really good stat you brought up there because between that, you know, those periods where you've got eight, 12%, 9%, 9% of growth, the overall market in that period is down 25%. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, and that's S&P 500. So we're, we're looking at the American uh, S&P 500 there. Yeah. That's, um, that's crazy, right? Like you look at that and it's like, oh man, there's some good periods, but overall it's, it's, it's down a lot. Well, you got to, um, I think a little bit what we do, 
you know, we try, we're looking at individual companies, obviously, and um, I think it's still important to have a little bit of a macro, um, a little bit of knowledge around the macro environment um, as well. We, we talked about, yeah, there's a little bit of a bear market rally or, or a little bit of a rally happening at the moment, but um, what will be interesting in, um, so America, we've got, um, this week is sort of the first week of some of the earnings coming out. The banks, I think, are, are first up. Um, in Australia here, some of the earnings start coming out. Um, basically, August is really earnings season here. And yeah. that will be interesting, you know, because we, we've got obviously um, the PEs change, the prices come down. But what we're not potentially taking into consideration is that the E part of that equation, if those, if those earnings all start really uh, coming down, uh, we're going to see potentially some more, um, more fireworks here. And I mean, that happened with Target. Uh, when they um, made their earnings call last time, they 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 mentioned that the, their earnings would be um, severely impacted. So I guess we'll start maybe even seeing seeing people's bottom line um, hampered. And we talked about this a little bit also off air. Was you know I'm, we sit on the ground running at, at the moment. You know, lots of um, people talking about how you know their bottom lines are, are really getting you know they're feeling the pinch. And so yeah. that, I mean, that's the earnings, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think it's a bit of a tough time for business. Um, I don't. I'm not coming across too many businesses that are like just um, printing cash at the moment in my circles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and obviously they're not publicly listed companies, but um, I think it gives you a bit of an idea of what's happening in real time. Yeah, well, the same thing happens to private companies as it does to publicly listed companies, but. Um, you make a good point with the earnings drop there because um, I'm going to butcher this, but Michael Borry recently, he mentioned, you know, PE ratios and how mm. astronomically high they were, but how they've come down a lot. But he said that's a price side of things where we haven't seen the earnings part yet yeah, because you know, it's always lagging data. Price price data is right now, right? Um, and um, the earnings data is never right now. It's always, you know, usually the, the previous three months and they take a good two months to actually you know, update the investors of it. So that'll be really interesting to see because if earnings drop, that means price to earnings ratios go up again. Um, and then do they come back down? Because we know that the long-term PE, you know, sure yeah. PE adjusted for inflation is, is 15, price to earnings of 15. It's currently getting towards that area, but that's still off of um, high earnings numbers. High earnings, or, yeah. You know, not maybe not, majorly high earnings numbers, but that price number has dropped a lot quicker than the earnings. Um, so once we start to see that lagging data come through and price to earnings ratios pump up, do they come back down? That's going to change the price of a lot of companies even more so. And he's already called it. He reckons there's still, you know, another 50% to go. Um, and uh, he's he's been right a lot. So <laughs> That was Michael Burry, was it? Yeah. Yeah. So, that- the, yeah, earnings, earnings information is always lagging data so um once that lagging data gets updated into the markets and into the into the plethora of the internet um those price to earnings numbers are going to jump up pretty hard overnight yeah so that's what i mean that's why i find this week interesting in terms of the earnings um you know in the us and then coming up in australia there's a company that i follow here in australia called integrated research and it's um burnt me a little bit and um they did a market update today and um, they ended up, they were up 12%. They finished the day up 12%. 
And the report was basically saying, yeah, our earnings is taking a big hit. Um, and I think maybe their positivity was a lot of the bad news has come out. Or, or yeah. I think, you know, they've had their downgrade, their downgrade, three, four, five downgrades, whatever it's been. Um, but really their, their bottom line's not improving. And, um, but the one positive thing was that their um, SAS sales were up, you know, like 300%, but they specifically said off a, off a really low baseline. Yeah. So I'm not sure why the big jump in, um, in, um, or, or the big mood of positivity there. Um, well, very interesting. I, I think like, that's, that's a good point. Like you said, it's, it's off of really low baseline, but when you have people like analysts writing articles that go out that people read and um, you know, if, if, if you're not doing, you know, the general population doesn't put the research in, especially, you know, the way we do in the way we do our investing. Um, but, you know, the analysts may put it out that it's up 300%. They're not going to say off of lows, off, off of low lows, you know what I mean? And mm. people see that and that's, you know, a lot of that can create that bullish mentality. It's like, oh, well, everything's gone really well, but, you know, you go year on year and it might still be down. So you, mm. you just don't know. Um, this is why as, you know, legacy style investors, we do it and, you know, we really think that everyone should be really understanding their companies before they buy them and, and really putting in the research and understanding this stuff so that you don't get that, you know, not full truth because we need to know the truth before we are comfortable to invest in the company. Mate, I was just going to say, um, I'd, ha I'd have a caution, you know, a little bit with what we do. We look at individual companies and we have a, I guess, a somewhat of a Buffett rule one style um, investment strategy and, uh, what what is difficult at the moment is pretty much what we've been talking about. There's some companies that are really cool. We we like them and their their PEs coming down. They're on good PEs. It's hard to know right now how to judge that earnings and sort of put your um your you know the growth rate or the windage rate on on those things when you're coming back to a um, valuing the stocks. So it's pretty tricky at the moment to value stocks. Are you finding the same thing? Um. Yes. Yes and no. So if you look at the really recent data, yes, it's very tricky because the numbers are all over the place, right? Yeah. But um, at the end of the day, though, saying that, that's why we look, you know, ideally you want to see 10 years of financial statements because that yeah. gives us a better idea of how they operate in a normal market. And we know, you know, the, the massive bull run since basically 2013, I think it was, um, you know, maybe that's inflated. So maybe you want to be a bit more cautious and conservative yeah. than the numbers you've got since then. That's why, you know, ideally we would love a company that we can look back all the way into the mid mid 2000s or go through the crashes and actually see how they, they operated and how they performed and then use that data rather than the recent year or recent two years because COVID's been that massive outlier, right? And if you can use that data, and you can still put that thesis together that they're going to be doing similar to that in the future. And you use those growth rates and you put them off of the current numbers that they're at. Then you can be a bit more confident knowing moving forward that your numbers are conservative, probably more correct. And um, I guess like you, you know, it's a good point too. You know, the investor emotion comes in, in that we're seeing these massive ups and we're seeing these massive downs and it can create that greed and fear cycle. Um, and I guess, you know, looking at that, 
the same period in the 70s is when Buffett made most of his money, right? Mm. Um, but what he was doing, he was buying on fundamentals. He he knew that the company was, you know, I think back then he was a little bit different. He was doing the whole cigar butt strategy, but um, looking at how he does it now and how he did that then, like he's buying on fundamentals. He's buying companies that are underpriced mm. um, with the expectation that they kind of come back up to their value sooner or later. And, you know, that's what we have to put on our filter of this period. If, if it's dropping and we know it's on sale, then, you know, our research says it's on sale and you're confident in your research, in 10 years, right, now, it's not going to matter. If you load the truck up right now and you are correct, you've, you know, basically quadrupled your money in 10 years. But, you know, you've still got that human emotion where you might load up your truck and then it drops another 30%. So how can you combat that? Well, you can potentially buy tranches. Tranches, I think I'm saying that right. So maybe you have... Tranches? You know, tranches? Yeah. So maybe you have, you know, let's just give a hypothetical $100,000, you know, and the price hits your buy price. Maybe you buy $25,000 worth and then yeah. the price drops 10%. You buy another 25 and then you start to basically reduce your basis as you're getting into it. Mm. Um, and if it's really, really dropping, maybe you take a little bit longer, but you know, you really want to get your investment in, right? So it might be that period where it drop drops and then you miss that second or third tranche and it starts punching up. Well, then you got to make that decision. Do I pull the trigger and buy it all before it passes my margin of safety price? Or do I yeah. do I, you know, potentially miss out? Or do I think it's gonna keep going? It's just at the end of the day, if you're buying under that margin of safety price, you've done the research, you're confident in the number then buy because the worst thing that could ever happen is you miss out on you know turning a hundred thousand into four hundred thousand because you only got twenty five thousand and now you just ended up with a hundred thousand in ten years so um that's that greed you know and we all have it i i massively have it. i missed out on investments in the past year of that as well but yeah you just gotta you just gotta know that if you're confident in what you're doing you're confident in your number get in when you can Comes back to that understanding, understanding the business, and um, yeah, having your, I guess your good calculations and good good maths and your spreadsheets, and and um, having those prices, and yeah, like you said, not not sort of dropping um, your entire um, sum that you're wanting to put into a a business, but um, maybe just taking a nibble and and um, easing your way in uh, is a pretty Decent strategy to have. Um, For sure. Yeah, mate, is there any, um, so what's the take-home point there from that article that you found um, just regarding, I mean, bear market rallies are pretty common. They can be quite high. They can be mm -hmm. quite volatile, like quick. And, um, you know, I think, I think looking at the macro environment's important as well, although, you know, not don't focus on that, but um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's some good takeaways. They can be volatile. They can be very quick. They can be emotion producing, you know, investor mm -hmm. emotion producing. But at the end of the day, you know, we do our research for that reason. Um, once we hit the number, we want to buy a company. We have a company we love. We want to buy, buy it because um, you're confident in 10 years time, right? That's what you got to be. You got to be confident in 10 years time. Mate, uh, off the, off the, um, off the, script here a little bit um any sectors that are interesting to you anything any areas any 
You don't have to be company specific. Yeah, well, um, I guess for me, uh, Netflix has an earning call tomorrow, so I'm pretty interested in that. How's that on tomorrow? Beautiful. That's the 19th. Um, yep. That'll be American 19th, so it'll be out tomorrow night. But, you know, they've, they've already come out in their previous um, earnings call and said they expect 2 million subscriber loss. Um, okay. So I'm guessing, this is just my wild guess, and I'm probably 99.9% wrong, um, that they probably won't get 2 million subscriber loss and the market will see that as a positive and the price will go up. <laughs> yeah. but, I'm sold even more on Netflix these days, not necessarily as a shared advice or not advice, but um, you know, in just the platform and, and, and um, how, how the usability of Netflix, their, their, their secret source, their technology, their AI is, is so far superior than, um, mm. than all the other companies. Um, yeah, and they're just their ability. They're pumping out material and content. It's it's yeah, very. They're exceeding other companies. So again, not a, not advice. Um, that's not mm. a buy for for Netflix. I'm just saying specifically that platform is, you yeah. know, in my opinion, just you know, better. It's they have better. a very good algorithm. Eh? Yeah, it's it's quite yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. All right, mate. That's good. Good. Good podcast. Good on, mate. I'm um, just quickly. I'm interested in um, just a few retailers and seeing what happens there with the um, you know, the retail sector. Obviously, the tech sector has been absolutely hammered. Um, so yeah, some of those shares coming through as well um, will be very interesting over the next sort of uh, two to three weeks. So we we might do a bit of a earnings recap uh, podcast in in the coming weeks with some of the, any of the interesting ones. I think we probably touch base with Netflix next week. Yeah, I think that's probably a good point. See, see what happens. See how wrong I am. So, <laughs> uh, okay, so that was a prediction. Uh, it was you a don't... it was a wild guess. I wouldn't call it a prediction. I'd call it a wild guess. <laughs> they're not going to hit two million subs. They're going to have a better outcome, you reckon? So they'll yeah, they'll probably get they'll probably get a loss of one point nine million, and then the share price will jump because of that awesome positive news. <laughs> Actually, the other interesting thing with them would be um, how they're going to bring in their paid or their free subscription Ooh, okay so that's interesting uh, and probably something we'll catch up on uh, next week because i know you've got to leave but um they've struck to deal with microsoft yeah i did see that yeah, yeah for, the, for their ad was it their ads um subscription service home yeah so it'll be a cheaper subscription with ads and uh, microsoft uh is their partner in that so very good all right we'll leave it on that hey yeah interesting that's good Well, thanks to all the listeners again for tuning into another episode of the Legacy Investing Podcast. We will be back again next week. Catch you, mate. Cheers, mate. Have a good night. All right, catch up. All information on the Legacy Investing Podcast is the opinions of the hosts and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional, financial, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of the Legacy Investing Podcast and any contributors to the podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should consult a licensed financial professional.